Welcome to Talk the Talk, calling all activists and allies alike. It's time to come together and demand the changes we need in this unjust world. I'm Jordan, a black male activist. And I'm Caitlin, a white female ally. And together we created Talk the Talk, a platform for speaking candidly and constructively on race. We will provide starting points for uncomfortable but meaningful conversations and introduce new knowledge and perspective. We will arm you with the tools necessary to combat racism anywhere and anytime you experience it. Right now is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to create lasting change to the racial and social injustices in America. We challenge you to do your part and talk the talk. What up, what up, what up, Kay? Hello, good morning. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Uh, I feel like I say the same exact thing every single time. <laughs> and it's always, it's always a fair question because, you know, I'm always somewhere between thriving and surviving. I'm the same today. Uh, not going to lie, I got to shout out and give condolences for my man, Chadwick Bozeman, passed away this weekend oh, after yeah. a four-year battle with cancer. So that, I'm not going to lie, took me off guard on, what was that, Friday night? Friday night. Friday night, man. I was shook. Um, a lot of people, like, he, he got really, really famous for Black Panther, which, as you know, and experienced with me is one of my favorite movies of <laughs> all time. Um, yes. Had so many other, like, very, very pivotal roles like just for what black people were able to do in the history of America he was Marshall and Thurgood he was Thurgood Marshall and Marshall he was yeah. Jim Brown in Express he was Jackie Robinson in 42 like this man Great has movie. roles yeah like, his movie catalog is wild and then yeah for what he did with Black Panther. Like that was the first time I ever saw a real black superhero. And it was when I was what, 27, 26, 27 years old. So that was really cool. And seeing his impact that he had um, on like young black kids and like what that movie meant for black America was really, really cool to me. Um, and the fact that it was just a badass movie. No, it was, that movie was a movie I was like, oh, which of course, like I I saw it for um, obvious reasons of like, I'm going to put my money towards things that I care about. Because um, I don't care about superhero movies. <laughs> but I saw that and I was like, so one objectively, obviously, like I said, put my, I spend my money where I think it matters. Um, and I was like, this is actually not kind of, like that bad. Like, are superhero movies not stupid? <laughs> <laughs> So then I went through and watched the entire Marvel, um, whatever, cinematic universe. Some of them are not stupid. <laughs> All the ones Black, Black, Panther, Black Panther. Great. No, I really enjoyed it. I, that is still in my top three of Marvel. Yeah. So shout out and thank you and rest in peace to one of my favorite actors, uh, Chadwick Boseman, after a long, long fight. I feel like it's also just equally impressive what he, what he did while while sick. Like we all That's, have that is like super what health and wellness look like. Yeah. Yes. Like um, and don't get me wrong, like everyone handles their like cancer diagnoses differently and that looks different for everyone. But like and maybe shame on me for thinking this, but when I think that you have cancer, you know, you're there are certain that you have, and everyone has good days and bad days, like you said, but like, 
you cannot do, you just don't feel well enough to do like. To be yoked, to, to have the physique of a superhero. That man had yes. his shirt off and he was shredded. And yes. he, like he was dealing with that when they were filming that movie and I think two or three others. And like they, the follow, like, I don't know his role in Black Panther 2, but I know he was in it. <laughs> so yeah, crazy that he was able to get so many things accomplished. Uh, huge testament to his strength and fortitude and another one gone way too early. So yeah, uh, real quick, we are going to swear. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I was we about to swear. The say right away and then you got so excited about I was about to say fuck 2020. Um, <laughs> so I want to do swear. We don't know everything. <laughs> and yeah, we have to say that we don't know everything um, just based on what we're going to talk about today. We're talking self-care. Well, and every day. Yeah. 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 And every day. But this know. is one thing we definitely are not experts in, um, not trained professionals in the mental health space. Um, but we're two people who deal with our own mental health as everyone should. So we're going we're gonna to deep dive into that self-care while this is so important, especially at a time like this. Um, but we got to do some thank yous to start this show major, off. Major, right? major thank yous. Huge <laughs> thank yous. You want to go ahead? Yes. So um, from the top, we just want to say thank you to all of our listeners, new and old. I think sometimes for us, this is like a little passion project for the two of us. And to be honest, we sit and chat for 30 minutes to two hours before we record anyways. So this is just two friends talking about things they care about. And so I think, at least in my mind, I'm not going to speak for you. Like I just sit in this vacuum sometimes that no one really listens to us. And it's just the two of us like, on a Zoom call. Um, and that sometimes we publish it on the internet. Um, so thank you to all of our listeners, old and new. Happy to have you um, in our little our little tribe, our little group. Um, what you do matters, and you know you're taking time out of your day for self improvement and to work and better yourself for the betterment of your community. And like that's super cool, super important. We love that you're doing that and that you're doing it with us. Then. To whomever the random, not random, but like the special person that recognized us on the skim, which Thank is a, a newsletter, um, it hits your inbox. It's basically quick hits of top news stories just to keep you up to date. Highly recommend if you're someone who wants to know what's going on in the world, but don't have time to sift through every single news outlet to find like nuggets of what's actually going on in the world. It's great. Um, but at the bottom, they always have like little shout outs for their listeners or for their listeners, for their readers who are doing cool things. And someone nominated us. And that was like, Jordan woke me up on Tuesday morning and was like, Oh my God. Before 7 AM. It was super early. I called you. <laughs> it was, or I, I think it was like 7:30, okay. but I don't have class to like 10. <laughs> so I was like snoozing a little bit. Um, and that was like a random act of kindness that like neither of us expected and it was just so appreciated so whomever you are like I don't know that I was not having the best which we'll talk about but like I wasn't having a good Tuesday and um that really 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 made my heart feel warm and fuzzy yes um, so thank, thank you. you to you huge thank you to whoever read this game and started listening to us then uh, we yes. hope you stick with us. And like Caitlin said, 
all of our original OG listeners, thank you as well. Um, speaking of some of the OGs, we got to give special thanks. Last episode apparently was very helpful, um, giving you guys the tips and tricks of having these tough conversations. Um, two things on social media really stuck out to me. Um, one of our original listeners actually posted, um, when she listened, she was taking notes. So she got out pen and paper, wrote down, um, you know, the five tips to having these tough conversations and shared that with her, uh, sphere of influence on social media. So she took what we talked about, put it in action for herself, wrote it down for herself, and then took it a step further and help strengthen and expand the talk to talk community by sharing it with her community. And that was just, that was a really, really cool thing to see. Um, so you know who you are, I'm not going to put you out there uh, with your name and everything, but really appreciate you for what you did there. And we had one message come in through the DMs that just really jumped out to me. And I shared this immediately with Kay because um, it really, really got me going. Um, so it says, thank you so much for this week's pod. As a self-proclaimed introvert, conversations in general can be tough sometimes, but these tips slash action points really help to get my thoughts organized. I find the more prepared I am for what to expect going into conversations, the better off I am. With that being said, I should have listened to this episode earlier in the week because some conversations would have gone a, a little better, LOL. <laughs> um, It'd be like and, that sometimes. I mean, we, neither of us, oh, actually, I was going to say I can't speak for you, but I will speak for you on this. Neither one of us <laughs> can, can relate to the life of an introvert. Um, oh, no. Two very extroverted people. Um, so for someone on the other side of that uh, spectrum to be able to take what we're saying and laying out and use it for their benefit was that was a really really cool thing to hear um really impactful for me um and just another like huge thank you to that listener as well so yeah reaching out to us share with us uh share our content um ask us whatever questions you guys have get at us on ig if you have our contact information you can get us um YouTube, whatever, wherever you listen, like feel free to engage however works for you. All right. And we'll always check with you before we share um, yes. your personal stuff that you talk with us with. All right. <laughs> okay. So, so what are we talking about today. Self care. What the heck is what is it? What, what <laughs> it's this nebulous thing that the health and wellness industry makes us feel like we need, right? No, <laughs> it's something we all absolutely need. Um, For sure. And the better equipped you are at managing your own self-care, the better you're going to be for yourself, first off. Like you can't take care of anyone else until you take care of yourself. And that's not being selfish, that's being real. It's the same way that if you're on an airplane and you things go terribly wrong, and those air the oxygen masks drop down from this from above you they tell you put your oxygen mask on first before you try to help anyone else because if you're not getting what you need for your own self you're not going to be able to be worth a damn to anyone else so right that's like the first first thing is why self-care matters is because if you want to make an impact on anyone else you have to be in the right headspace and your wellness comes first and it's not, again, not selfish at all. It just, it is what it is. Um, and right now there's a lot going on in the world between 
this coronavirus pandemic and being on quarantine and not being able to go out and do some of the things that might fall into your normal self-care regimen. Like I'm not used to being in my house this often. Yeah. It's not something I'm used to. So you put, you know, that pandemic on tie up on top of the unfathomable violence that we're seeing caught on video. It seems like every few weeks, um, like that has a huge impact on your self-care the worldwide social unrest that we're seeing in the world around us. Um, it's an election year, which is always, which is always a lot anyway. An unbelievably critical election coming up. And, you know, all of these things are being politicized. Like everything I just said, the, the coronavirus pandemic, the racial injustices, um, obviously the election, but all of these things are being politicized and then thrown all over every type of media that you can imagine. So you're not escaping it. It's in your environment. So right now, I think more than ever is the time for us to be talking openly about self-care, what it is for us, how we manage it for ourselves, why it's important, and then what you can do to improve your own self-care. So I want to ask you, I know you and I have always had conversations about what we do for our own self-care and we've talked about our own mental health and like our own mental status um, yeah. with the two of us. Literally but, before every call. What? <laughs> but we're going to uh, let the listeners in a little bit just to start a conversation and it's going to be real. It's going to be raw and it's going to be like, it's gonna be very personal. So share as yeah. much as you want to share um, about your own, what your self-care looks like for yourself. Yeah. Okay. So, um, as Jordan so nicely said, we're both extroverted. So, um, for me, like I always think like, how do I get my energy? Like if I'm in a slump, if I've had a bad day, whatever that, that looks like, you know, like pre Corona that could have been, oh my gosh, well, like I worked till like nine, 10, 11, 12 at night doing something. Um, or I'm like excited that I just finished a big project or like during coronavirus quarantining, um, isolating. It's just like, well, it, today's just a shitty day. I'm just, you know, like watching the news ticker go up with like Corona, like infection rates and deaths and whatever. So for me as an extrovert, I used to love to either one go to like a spin class, um, being around people, literally walking through the city um, that I was living in at the time and just like seeing people, like seeing people doing things gives me energy. Like that, like brings me so much joy. I, I don't even need to talk to you. I don't even need to know who you are, but like the fact that you're out and about like gives me energy or like getting drinks at, with friends at a bar. Like there are a few things in life that I will ever enjoy more than that. All of those things have been made significantly more difficult due to um, the pandemic that we're in. Um, and the other thing too, that's like not necessarily so out with people that I love to do um, is go for runs and listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, like every Sunday, like as soon as we're done recording, this is a Sunday of recording again, like I'm going to go for a run. Um, I feel like I'm a dog in the way that like dogs get super excited and super happy. And like, if they don't, if you don't exercise your dog, your dog's going to turn destructive and eat your sofa. I'm not going <laughs> to eat your sofa, but like... Was that a call out at me? Um, no, actually it wasn't, but... 
Yeah, I'm reading Dewey. I'm reading Dewey. No, but um, I feel like if I don't like exercise or expend energy as a high energy anxious person, like I can go down a very, very, very deep spiral very, very quickly. Um, and to such an extent that I will like logic, like I'm not, I'm not the smartest person in the world, I'm not dumb. And I can, I will like lie to myself and argue that like, here we are, we're literally in the pit of despair. (laughs) (laughs) Everything bad is going to happen. Right. If I don't like expand that energy or get energy from, um, other people. Mm -hmm. Um, so (laughs) that's, that's me. That's me and my anxiety. It's great. There's a couple things that really stuck out to me. Um, I think the first one is your self-awareness. Like you have, you have very strong self-awareness. Um, you admitted that you don't always know what to do in a certain situation with your emotions, but you always are attuned to them. And that's a huge, huge piece because once you know how things make you feel, you can plan on how to react to them. And it's literally like your self-care is a strategy. It's like a game plan because you're going to come up across situations that are going to have an impact on you. And if you know ahead of time how a certain thing might trigger you or um, how it's going to manifest the feelings within you, then you can already plan and like recognize the markers, which is huge. So the fact that you kind of alluded to that, shows that you're you have some strong self-care training and experience I, I will say like I also like I'm like I said very extroverted and I would say a very very passionate person so I feel the high highs and I like feel the low lows mm-hmm. um and like from a very young age my parents were always like like do you need to go scream into a pillow like <laughs> <laughs> like the outward expression I, w- I will say like I grew up in a home where like the outward expression of like emotion was never an issue which like I would have like been in a having a very bad time if that were not the case right um so I think like being a young kid like I like knew exactly like I am ups- I am upset like there's no question I know what I'm feeling and like do I need to channel that in a healthier way than like yelling and screaming about not wanting to clean my room Maybe. <laughs> As like a five. Maybe. Um, but I think like to your point, like it's really important to know yourself. Like I know that I feel things like super, super hard. Yeah. Literally always. And it's always because I care and like like the Beyonce song, I care. Um <laughs> so much about lit like literally everything. Maybe I shouldn't, but um it's just, it's super important to know yourself and to take time to know yourself. So if you don't know yourself yet and you, you're, you haven't spent 27 years on this earth as a bundle of anxiety where you've had to sit down and reflect about why you're worried about Santa Claus coming to visit. <laughs> um, that's okay. <laughs> I'm putting myself on glass. That's going to be really tough. You said it was going to be real okay. and raw. <laughs> Um, I used to, yeah, I literally would make myself physically sick. My stomach would be in knots about whether or not I was a good enough kid to get toys from Santa. And then also Santa's breaking and entering. I don't love that. <laughs> so, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, I was just not going to make a time. <laughs> I just wanted to suck the joy out of the holiday season. Yeah. Um, 
if you if you're not like that and you haven't had time to sit down and like write understand all your neuroses and like how you experience and express emotion that's okay i would say that i'm probably atypical in that way um maybe not but your self-care journey doesn't need to start at five yeah like it can start now like wherever you're at it's something that like is a Jordan's point, like a super important skill set, something you need to learn to do for like your own self-preservation and like finding joy and like balance in your life. Like it's it's so important, but that can start today. That doesn't need sure. you know you be like shit. Like I didn't I didn't do that. Yeah, five or ten, one, <laughs> whatever. Like wherever you're at, it starts right. today. And that's perfect. That's like perfect for what I wanted to say next is that it's your journey. Like my self-care, like what I do for my self-care is different from what other people do for theirs. Like to me, I on a, in normal times, like 2019, <laughs> March 10, four times, the March four 10, times. 2020 and before I could get away with making sure I exercise. So whether lifting weights, running, doing yoga, um, reading, writing, podcasting like this is this is a form of therapy for me a form of self-care um hanging out with friends having conversations with family um like all of those things were my self-care regimen got to a point where the things that i normally did for my personal self-care were no longer enough and that's when i was like okay like I've always been a proponent of therapy. I've always supported the idea of people going to therapy yeah. if they needed it, seeking professional help, but there was never a, a stimuli that made me get to the point where I thought I needed to seek out professional help. The year 2020 from March 11th on, that's when like, <laughs> all right, cool. Like the stuff that I'm working, yeah. working on and like doing myself, like the yoga, the meditation, the self-reflection, the exercise, the friends, the family, like I couldn't do enough of that to counter what was going on around me in my environment and, and the impact that was having on my personal self-care. So that's when I decided I need to seek out profession, professional medical, not professional medical, but professional mental health. I need that assistance. I need to add that to my self-care plan. And that's what I did. And like, I've been in therapy for about a month now and it's been absolutely incredible just being able to have an outlet that's not like yes. talking to Caitlin or talking to any other friend or family member and feeling like I'm dumping my emotions on them because exactly. that, like, that's heavy. Like, and that as a, I'm an, I'm a hundred percent extrovert, but I'm also an empath and like, I feel other yes. feelings very intensely. So mm -hmm. if, for me, I'd rather have someone give me their feelings and like channel that and like have them be a release for me as opposed to doing the opposite because then it doesn't really feel like a release. It feels like I'm dumping this onto someone else. So yeah. to have a professional whose job is to just sit and listen to me and like ask me questions to pull information out and like help me create a stronger self-care plan. It's been fucking incredible. I love it. Oh, like, I look forward I to it every Friday. It's the best. It's, it's the best. It's so good because you're totally right. Like I always feel like you can like place your burden on me. It's fine. I don't care. Like I will sit there in the thick of whatever you're going through, um, like as a friend, but like, I never want to feel like that burden. And like, I think also at times, like I'll bottle things up and then I'll like explode because like, again, 
not shy, feel lots of feelings and like I'll explode. And I think therapy, and it's only on like a very small group of people like that know me super well where I will just like, here it is, everything that I've been pent up, whatever. Because I know like at times it's not appropriate to sit and cry at your desk (laughs) when you're having a bad day. Um, But I think that it, like therapy for me has helped so much because I can sit there and I can talk about like the whatever we talked about in therapy or whatever's upsetting me or stressing me but it's never like the blade isn't like quite as sharp because I've already like worked through a lot of it so you're not getting the brunt of like my frustrate like if I'm pissed off that people aren't wearing masks and I'm just like well no one's wearing masks we're gonna be fucking stuck like this forever and yeah downward spiral downward spiral of like anger like if I do that with my therapist and we talk it through and she's like you know like calm down calm down (laughs) and like we work through it if I have those conversations again like because it's still going to bother me it's an easier conversation it just she gives me better strategies for like coping with stress like I've got so many apps now which we'll talk about later like it's great so we we know that there is a stigma around mental health. Did you ever have to like deal with that? Were you always this open? Like, could you have always hopped on a podcast that could be seen by who knows who and talked openly about your mental health journey? Um, I feel like it's hard to say. Like, I didn't start seeing it. Like, I saw a therapist like on and off in undergrad and then off and then we were very poor so I couldn't afford it (laughs) um which is another another thing um and I started seeing a therapist again when I had moved to Charlotte just because like I think it's just like a really great thing to have in your routine like I saw her once a month Mm -hmm. we chat for you know like um everyone you know what you need um but I don't think so. But I also think that's like, I don't think I would have had any issues, but I also think that's because literally like I was very, I was made to be self-aware at a very young age of like, you're worried. Like I literally do the same, like, again, I'm not an idiot, but as a kid, like I would, I would make straight A's and I would stress about like the end of year exams. Like, I don't know if they have them in like, um, Pennsylvania but like in Tennessee it was called the TCAP and which I don't know if they still do it but in North Carolina it was like the EOGs and it was like up until you got to like your upper high school classes or whatever it was just like are you are are you literally able to go to the next grade and I would be so sick and stressed about it like just absolutely ill it's like dude you need straight A's like it's you're gonna pass it's you're gonna go to the fourth grade um but like the cope so I don't know I think I would have been because I've just always kind of been that way. And like mm-hmm. the coping mechanisms that like, I, I, I guess it had to be probably my mom told me about like, I, I still literally use, and I like talk myself through my anxiety of like, why are you worried? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, so I think that I like outside of like the awkward, like middle school, Oh my God, no one look at me. Like, I just want to blend in thing, which I think like most, like everyone has like that weird, awkward phase. Mm-hmm. I think that phrase I wouldn't have, but like at my core, yes, I don't think I would have had any, any like issue. Well, applause to you because. (laughs) But that's also because I'm a relatively like self-confident, like, like I, that is what it is. Like, yeah. 
So we do know that obviously there is a stigma around. Yes, no, for sure. Um, and even you, like you said that you, for the most part, would have always been comfortable talking about it, but you don't know for sure. And you know that there was a period in time where you wouldn't have. And for that to be middle school is not great. <laughs> like that's, no. that's one of the times I feel like, I mean, there's no time where you wouldn't need to take care of your mental health, but as a young child who's in their formative years and trying to figure out the world, could you imagine right now being 12 and like, you're not around your friends, you're seeing the violence around you in the world and like not knowing a way to actually deal with what you're seeing. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. Um, yeah. Not that it's any better at any particular age. Um, but that's kind of the whole point is that we have to, break down the stigma around seeking out mental health the same way that you go to the gym and you go for a run and you do yoga and you take care of your physical body and you go see your annual doctor, your, uh, your PC provider, you get your teeth cleaned, you get your eyes checked, you get your hearing checked. You make sure that you don't have any issues going on. And if you do, you seek out a doctor, you go and you talk to a doctor, you tell them what's wrong or you drive yourself crazy and hop on WebMD and then you go see a professional thinking that you're obviously going to die from the cut on your arm. But like, we don't do that the same way for our mental health. Um, Like we don't check in with our mental healthcare provider. We don't come up with a routine um, or a diet per se um, for what you're putting into your mind because it's the, it, they go hand in hand. You can't have a sound body without a sound mind. Like your, your body will start to cause stress around you from not taking care of your mental. And there's this, there's this, uh, a mental health gym. It's called inception. I forget it's somewhere in the Midwest. Um, but the owner of the gym is a black man. And he was like, we have to get rid of this stigma because in certain communities that stigma is even stronger and more prevalent. Um, And he had his own journey with mental health and was like, you know what? I need to make this better for other people. And he actually has a mental health gym. It's the first one that I could ever find. He claims it was the first one ever it's inception. Um, And they have, different modalities for dealing with your mental health. Like they have flotation tubs. I don't know if anyone's ever done one. Oh my God. I want to do one Incredible. so bad. It's one of the coolest experiences. It just completely removes all stimuli. So you're floating. So you don't physically feel anything. You're in complete darkness, complete silence. There's no smell. There's literally nothing for you to have stress about. And when you come out, you I've never felt more relaxed. I felt like I was literally coming out of a cloud and there's no drugs involved. There's no anesthetics involved. It's literally just you and your brain. And that's almost impossible to get unless you are really, really trained in meditation other than through right. um, one of those flotation tubs. So he has those. He has uh, mental health professionals that are there that you can speak with for therapy. Um, he has all these other different modalities that you can go and like just get in tune with yourself and work on your self-care at a, at a physical space, which to me is just like the coolest idea because once we start treating our mental health, like we treat our physical health, we're all mm-hmm. going to be better off because yeah. the impacts that like 
the impacts that this stigma has, it keeps people from seeking out. It makes people almost toxic about talking about mental health. Like you're looked at as sometimes completely inaccurately as weak for dealing with your emotions or feeling your feelings, which is the complete opposite to actually go through and be mature in your self care and dealing with your mental health and acknowledging your feelings and learning to control your feelings and uh, manage your emotions adequately. That is one of the strongest things you can do. So however that looks for you, if that's going to seek out a mental health professional or like being comfortable crying or talking about your emotions, like that strength, the weakness is just like trying to avoid it because like any other problem in the world, it doesn't go away by avoiding it. You have to deal with it directly in order for it to go away or in this case, get better and stronger. So what do we do about the mental health stigma? Like we got to be, do this. We have to, you don't have to do this with <laughs> on a video call. <laughs> you have to, you have it to for actually the your own podcast and talk about it. That's the only way we're going to get over it. But you have to That's talk it. openly about it with either with your first off with yourself. You need to be able to have the self conversation and acknowledge you have to deal with your mental health. And then if you're, when you're ready, you talk about whoever's close to you, your friends, your family, whoever's in that circle of trust for you, you talk to them about it and you educate yourself and others. And as you educate yourself, it breaks down that stigma because you realize that there's no reason for it. It's actually not benefiting you. It's not benefiting the people around you. It's not benefiting anyone to have this mental health stigma. Right. I think it's so important to normalize this kind of stuff. Like we all like, like I'm talking about, like, we're like, we all worry about stuff. Like you may not (laughs) worry about the stuff to the extent that I do, but like worry is a a normal thing. Like it, we are like biologically programmed to worry. Like that's part of our survival skill set. Albeit it's now been skewed to like a modern lifestyle. So we're no longer worried about like a predator, like, not a woolly mammoth. What are those, like the saber-toothed tiger things? Yes, both extinct, thankfully. Well, okay, but I'm, that's why I'm saying it's evolutionary. Yeah, like, right. we're taught to like worry, like, oh shit, like I don't want to die, or like get eaten by a lion. Like, I don't want to get eaten by a lion. Whatever. Our stressors are now like, well, now the before times were things like I gotta, or maybe even now, like I gotta work, I gotta pay my bills, so like this doesn't happen, et cetera, et cetera. Like, we're programmed to worry about that kind of stuff for like our own like self-preservation so like no one understands that that's just part of life and like everything is a season but we need to talk about it because everyone experiences it at some point in some way and that's okay like people's depression looks different Mm -hmm. that's totally fine like some people will not be able to get out of bed others will just be like you know like I have just felt blah for months a little off yeah just a little off. Hey, that's fine. That's all normal and like totally understandable as to why just not even talking about you, like the you personally, but like given the state of events and like the year that we've had, like, dude, yeah. Like, of course you're going to be just like a little bummed. I think like another thing too is like, um, in our society, like and like specifically like American culture, we are taught that like, you gotta be happy. And like, don't get me wrong, like I think you and I are both 
experience a lot of happiness and joy and like are smiley, mm -hmm. you know, effervescent people, which is great. And that's literally just who we are, you know, but there is like this assumed expectation of like, you have to be happy all the time. Happy above all cost. Even yes. if you're not actually happy, you have to put a fake avatar up of happiness. Yes. And like, you know, a lot of us subscribe to the fake it till you make it like theory, which like, sure, don't get me wrong. Like that helps sometimes when you're just going through, you know, you're, you're just going through and you're like, you know what? It's fine. Like, I, like I said, everything has a season. Like I'll just get through this, whatever, mm -hmm. fake it till you make it. There's something to be said for that, but also it's okay to not be happy. And it's also, I think, really healthy for us to divorce ourselves from the idea that we you have to be happy all the time because you're lit. You're just not, you're literally not going to be happy all the time. And to put that burden and expectation on yourself and the people around you isn't fair because that's going to limit like a wide variety of emotions that are like also very important. Like it is good for you to feel like, I'm not saying all the time and it shouldn't cripple like your day to day, but like, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to, feel worry it's okay to feel frustrated like um all of those things are valid and like are part it's, not even, of, it's not even just okay like you should feel empowered to feel those yes. things. yes you should empower yourself to feel that and empower people around you to feel those full spectrum of emotions because that's what life is yes it's not all sunshine and roses um that would actually be kind of boring <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah. If it would literally be like just a groundhog day of like, yes, hi, hello, I'm so happy. Can't you tell? Mm -hmm. Like it's good to have like emotional depth. Yeah, for sure. And um like another thing, we said that you have to talk openly about this and like let people in that are in your circle, but you also have to be very conscious of your words because the words that you use mean so much. Like there's just certain words you should not be using a, around mental health, like crazy or like hysterical, hysterical, or like if someone says mental health, it's not the same as mental illness. Like, and that's fine. If you have a mental illness, that's completely fine. Um, and that's a part of your mental health, but just because you're seeking out a mental health, uh, like regime and care plan doesn't mean that you have anything negative about you again so like the words and the words that you choose and how you're using that language be very conscious of it because that can further the stigma yeah like you know we don't <laughs> we don't blame people who or fault them or judge them a person who has diabetes or who um, it doesn't have an arm, right? Like, well, okay. We don't, the target talk community does not, <laughs> um, does not do that. And so the same thing goes for the wide variety of like mental health conditions that one could have. Is it depression? Is it bipolar? Is it schizophrenia? Like all of those things fall under the umbrella of like your mental health mm -hmm. and, who we're not here to pass judgment on 
like I'm not like that. Like it's not this is not an us or a them. This is like just stay in your lane. Worry about yourself. Be conscious of like the like mental diversity of people. Like obviously we at Talk the Talk care about diversity and that isn't just your race, your religion, your gender. That's also partly your mental health, like what you, what you bring to the table. And like, it's super amazing when like, you're really good at something and like, you see the world differently because of whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I think that like, I I think my anxiety helps me because like, I think that like, when I'm planning events and stuff, like, you think through, I'm I've seen you do it. You th- you think through everything. Yes. And you make Which, me better about it. Like you've, I'm, I'm not an anxious person. So I don't always go step by step all the way down to like the smallest pebble of planning. But like you do, you've done it for me multiple times. So the fact that yeah. you realize it about yourself and you've found a way to make it a strength is like, yes that is what, that is the journey that we all want to go on. And like, thank you for helping right. me out with stuff. You're welcome. You're welcome. But like, that, that's my point. Like those are all strengths. So like when we say be conscious of the language and the words that you use, no, like, and I think the other thing too is like, I said someone who's missing an arm, like that's pretty obvious that someone's missing an arm. Diabetes I put in there because you don't know if someone has, diabetes that's not like a visible there's um, no sign there's no like sign over your head pointing down like flashing lights and say this is a person with diabetes like and that's that's a really really good one because just like mental like diabetes if untreated can get really really bad and become a very very horrible condition Okay. Right. But you, there's so many ways to manage it. You can live a yeah. very, very normal life as long as you are diagnosed and treat the condition. And it's the same thing with um, like being bipolar comes to mind. Like people hear that and they're like, Oh God, like, are you able to work? Are you able to get out of bed? Are you able to do this and that? And that's not, that's not it. Like, yeah, you're going to have the ups and downs because that's the nature of, the condition, just like your blood sugar is going to have its ups and downs if you're dying. Yeah. But as long as you have what you need to treat your condition, it's just that it's just a condition. It's not life ending. It's not right. debilitating in the sense that you can't lead a normal, healthy life. So yeah, we need to do a better job of encouraging the equality between your mental and your physical health. Yes. Um, and then I guess the last thing that we need to do to like conquer this mental health stigma is on a very personal level, don't arbor any self stigma. Like if you do need to go seek help or you want to go seek help, go do it and don't feel bad about it. Be confident and like be proud and that you're dealing with your full self because it's a huge part of you. Yeah, we talk at literally not exactly at the top because sometimes we forget, but we always say like we don't know everything. And like there's a lot of power in that honesty. And when you go and seek help, it's it's not a, a weak thing that you can't fix it yourself, right? Like or, or there's a problem that you can't solve on your own. It's no, I know that I want the resources around you to to solve the problem. Yes. 
you're being very like wise in asking for help um, and taking full advantage of, of the things that are offered to you. Yeah. So that, there's no shame in that game. Absolutely. Um, so in true talk, how, how do I, how do we do this? In true talk to talk fashion, we got to talk about how do we self care? What's our plan? <laughs> what do we actually do um, to manage our self care? So, if you're taking notes right now, is the time to get out your pen and paper because we're going to go through a quick little list of what our talk to talk self care plan is. Um, and we alluded to this before, but self care comes first. Like, you have to take care of yourself. Back to the idea of the planes going down. You want to help others, but you can't help others till you put your own mask on. Okay. So you have to make sure that you're getting what you need into your own wellness circle before you can go out and make a positive impact. Cause you can make a negative impact very quickly yes. <laughs> by not dealing with your own, uh, self-care. Yes. That's easy. Um, and especially like, again, right now there's like, you said the word normalize earlier and we need to normalize self-care, what is happening in the world right now is not normal. And yeah. things are becoming normalized that should not be. Like being locked in your house on quarantine and not going to work every day and wearing a mask when you're outside, none of that is normal. Seeing people shot and killed by police on, on video in the streets is also like, it's frequent. It it's frequent, but it sh it's not a normal thing. It should not be normalized. Um, one jab at the president, just the one that I'm going to have for this episode. Nothing about his presidency is fucking normal. <laughs> like, that's not a leader. That should not be normalized. We should not expect any other president to do the things and say the things and act the way that he does. Um, so, yeah, there's my one jab at DT. Um, we'll keep moving from there. But self-care comes first. Normalize your self-care and make it a part of your life. You can't impact, I, I think all of our listeners here like want to learn and grow and like, or my hope for you is that you're here in this community to learn and grow <clears throat> and help yourself, your friends, your family, your circle, mm -hmm. where you live. You can't do any of that stuff if you don't help yourself first. Yeah. It's not selfish at all. It's really not. This is you taking care of yourself in the same way you have to brush your teeth. Otherwise your teeth will fall out of your head and then you'll be it sad human not that it's sad to not have your teeth because we have things to fix it but you know what i mean like take care of yourself right right you can't you can't go um impact the change to have the conversations that you want to have that i'm sure everyone's clamoring to like have and and make progress forward if you aren't taking care of yourself first mm -hmm. and then part of uh part of taking care of yourself is recognizing what stresses impact you and how they impact you so i'll be very real and very honest for a moment um like i said i've always been a proponent for therapy i've thought that everyone should go but i just never had the stimulus to make me go until i saw the video of ahmaud arbery being murdered in the streets while going for a run during the pandemic like i wasn't able to go to the gym so i started to find other ways of fitness um, even before that, I started to run often, um, but really got back into it. So when I saw that video of a black man on a run, I've felt that like 
when we're seeing these things, like anytime you see the violence that's happening to black Americans here in this country, you're seeing someone that might remind you of someone in your own personal life. Okay. So like Brianna Taylor, I thought of a few friends and cousins and my sister, um, George Floyd, I thought of a cousin, Ahmaud Arbery, I thought of myself, like that fucked me up so hard to see someone doing something that I do often in a space that looks like places that I've been places that I've run that like that hit so hard for me on like a very deep emotional self level. Um, and that was, that was the thing that was, that was the, the last thing that I was like, okay, like nothing I'm doing in my self-care plans working anymore. Um, right. so to be able to recognize the stresses in your life and like know how they're impacting you, you have to be able to do that step to have an adequate self-care plan. I like totally agree. I think for me, um, as like an empath, like I, like, <laughs> I remember like I had like a June was like, not like everyone talks now about like, do you remember when we were in the like Tiger King phase of quarantine and we thought this was, yeah, like, that was the same as the, um, we got to buy all the toilet paper in the world phase. Those two. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, can we, can we go back to that point? Um, I like think about like <laughs> what my 2020 has looked like and she has not been cute, <laughs> nor has it been for anybody. But I think one of my lows was like early June and I like got dumped, <laughs> which like didn't, did I like, was I super upset? Like, yeah, was I drinking straight vodka on a public walkway in a wine glass given to me by a friend who was like, why are you drinking straight vodka at 10 30 in the morning? For sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was me. Um, but it was Corona, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but like, so I like, didn't, I like literally was sitting there crying, um, about this guy, which like, I was, I mean, I was in my feels about it. Like that sucked. But I was like, I'd also had all these other things happen to me that were really bad. And then on top of that, that was like the beginnings of the, the big, I would say like the big protests, not the other like black lives matter protests haven't been big, but at that time, and I was sitting there, I was just like, I'm literally crying over a boy. Well, man, he's an adult, um, dumping me. Um, and there's all this other shit going on in the world. And I like was <laughs> getting coping with alcohol, which I don't recommend. Um, <laughs> but it's fine. We're okay. Um, but like, I literally had to sit down and catalog like every single one of my struggles. I have like a little notebook that like I use for therapy. So like if I, sometimes I'll get into therapy and I'll be like, everything's fine. And she'll just sit there and wait until I'm like, just kidding. It's a dumpster fire. Um, but I have like a little notebook and I will sit and make notes of every little thing that like I, that has stressed me out that I'm upset about, or like, if I'm feeling something really strongly, like I put it in there, like, cause you never know it for Jordan. It's like, it could be like one, one really big thing where you're like, Oh shit. 
for me, it was like, oh my, like I was crying. I was like, why am I crying over this guy? And I was like, just kidding. It's literally, I mean, like I'm upset about that. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But there were also like five or six other things that I was just like, holy shit. Like I, like I got dumped. I lost my job. Like, and like literally one of my biggest dreams and like life goals was like ripped out of my hands outside of just like, and like, I can't live in, you know, this town, I can't see my friends. Like, but outside of that, oh my God, people are dying from this disease. Oh my God. Like black people are being shot by cops and like, no one gives a fuck. It seems like, oh, oh my God. Like, it was just like, I, w- I was just like, I need to like sit down and like understand like what, why am I crying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Albeit any extreme emotion, tears come out of my eyes. It's just a personality trait. But I was like, this is a lot. You need to recognize what you're stressed about. Give yourself a list, journal it out, like whatever you need and then seek the help. It's, it's so worth it. It's That's so a great point. Um, like actually writing it down. And like catalog. I'm like going in it. Yeah. I literally have a notebook and I will sit there. It, there's no rhyme or reason to it, but it is just a brain dump of like, mm-hmm. I'll put the date so I know what it is. And it is just a brain dump of like, it makes no sense to anyone but me. But I'm like, well, I'm really upset because this guy did, did blah, 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 blah to me. Or, you know, like I, I'm feeling this way about this situation or like, I'm really stressed. Now it's going to be like school. So I'm really stressed. Like I have a finance quiz and like, I can't get it out of grade, like whatever. Um, it's super helpful. Yeah. It is super helpful. I don't share it with like anybody. Like I keep it at my desk except for now it's not at my desk. Why would it be, I guess, but it's, it's really helpful to organize your thoughts. And like, for me, like I need to rationalize, like you feel a lot of things all the time. Like what are those? Mm -hmm. Cause like for me, like it's not always necessarily one singular bit. Sometimes it is, but like, it's not always. You're not living in a vacuum. No. And then, I mean, kind of goes right into the next thing of not living in a vacuum. You need to realize that you're not alone. Like other, like your feelings are normal because they're your feelings, but they're also normal because other people deal with the same stresses and things that trigger them as you do. And like realizing that makes you feel different, more normal. Like other people are making it through with these emotions and these stressors and these triggers. So can I is like kind of an empowerment thing back to like removing the stigma um, around mental health. But like realizing that one, you're not, you're not weird for having these feelings and these thoughts that's completely fine and normal and realizing that you're not alone in the sense that there are people out there who can help you. If you need, if you need that professional help, there's people that can help you professionally. And I hope that everyone has that person in their circle. And if you feel like you don't shit, DM me. Right. Just via the email, like come talk to me, come talk to Kay. Like you're not alone. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of the talk to talk community talk to one of us right I feel like you don't have anyone else to go to um and then the thing that has really helped me particularly right now is remembering that change is, although it's slow change is happening 
Like there have been some big changes to police reform in certain areas. There has been money, like large amounts of money put into um, making America more equal and equitable. Um, You look at what happened with the NBA this past week. Like that is, that's going to be a historical action that those players took with Mm -hmm. the NBA players, the WNBA players, MLB, the NHL, like the NHL does not have a huge black amount of players or really their fan base isn't like, but they just realize that what's happening is not right. It's not normal. And they took action. And that is massive change. Like there are massive changes happening around us right now. Um, in the in the world of like social justice and racial justice they're happening slow because that's just the way that change happens when it's such a big force that we're trying to change like it's 400 plus years of injustices that we're still trying to correct and and fight against so that change isn't going to happen in a week or a month or even a year it's going to happen from all of us continuing to do our part to drive that change you got to look at like, I say it all the time in, a, in like your personal life, you look for the small wins, but we're even having that happen now. And we can't be sufficed and pacified by the small wins. We have to keep stacking those and use those as momentum, but we still have to acknowledge them or else like you'll feel like you're just running on a treadmill, not going anywhere. Yeah. Like for me, I think that your last is like super important. Like I will grind out until like on a a project whatever it is until I feel like it's done and then when it's done I sit there and I nitpick and I'm like well this could have been better this could have been different and that's great being self-critical and self-aware is super important but if you don't stop to celebrate small wins like what are you doing it for like you're that's if you're taking away your little opportunities for Mm -hmm. joy um and I think the other thing too with this is like change is slow don't get discouraged. Like if you're not going to go to therapy one time or you're not going to do like our call to action this week one time and be like, here, look at me. I'm (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's, it's not that at all. Like this is a never ending journey. Like you'll never cross the finish line, but that's okay. We don't want you to like, if it's you a did, journey that doesn't have a destination, like the whole thing yes. is the journey. Yes. So like, don't get in your head and don't beat yourself up. If you, you go and do, you go to therapy or you do our call to action this week, or you start journaling and you're like, well, I did it for a week. And like, I don't, I feel the same or whatever. It takes time. This is something that you need to practice and is I hope that we've conveyed worth your time to practice. It goes back to the equity between physical health and mental health, right? So you can't go to the gym. People think they can. You can't go to the gym for four weeks before you go to the beach for vacation and like have the, the dream body that you always wanted. You need to like make that a part of your life. And it's the same thing with- Also, you can just go to the- you can put on a bathing suit and go to the beach. You don't need to. No, no, I'm saying, but people. But, but no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. For the people who want to look a certain way, and but they don't put the work in, or they want to have a certain amount of health, or like 
financials. Like it, it's, it all goes together. And that kind of takes us to our, our uh, call to action for the week. Do you want to do what you didn't learn first though? Cause that's our normal order. Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> See you keep me organized because you realize that you are an anxious person and you have you're not going about it the right way you have turned that into attention to detail (laughs) so what you didn't learn in class this week uh we're talking about trans transgenerational trauma um sounds like a big word it's a bunch of letters what does it actually mean um it's the effects of trauma being passed down from one generation to the next. And so the way that works, if you want to break it down and like make it make sense to everyone, um, trauma creates stress on your body. Your mm-hmm. mental trauma can have a, it does have a physical um, manifestation in your physical body. So when you're think about when you're like super ten- like if you're tense and you're sitting at your desk and you're worried about a project you and you you get up from your desk and you feel all in your neck mm-hmm. that stress like that is exactly what we're talking about. Those moments when your heart rate gets there. high, your blood pressure is elevated, your palms are sweaty, that increases the cortisol in your body, and cortisol is your stress hormone. A continuous level of cortisol being elevated not good very bad on your body and it has a physical uh, impact on your dna it will change the structure like down to the absolute smallest fibers of your being can be altered and that dna then gets passed on from one generation to the next generation and when that happens like that person who wasn't even alive when whatever stressful traumatic situation happened has that literally laced into the smallest being of themselves in their DNA. Um, So that's one way that we pass down trauma from one generation to the next, but there's also a biopsychosocial component to passing uh, generational trauma. So yes, your DNA changes. So we're talking nature versus nurture at this point, like your DNA changes. So your nature has been impacted when one person who has experienced trauma and doesn't deal with that trauma has someone that they're bringing up that they're raising. They pass on that trauma just in what they do, what they say, what the child is seeing. And that becomes socialized into that child. If it physically changes them with the DNA, but it also like psychologically and socially changes them from what they see around them. And that's the nurture piece. So nature and nurture coming together again, as they always do, um, and passing down transgenerational trauma. What we need to do to stop this is, one, acknowledge that it's a thing. And when we experience trauma, we need to deal with it. We need to seek out that professional help to get the help that we need to not pass it on to the next generation. Because anything that you don't deal with will manifest itself again. It's the same thing when we say you can't, you have to know your history so that you don't repeat it, your mistakes in history so you don't repeat it. And it's the same type of idea. Like we need to stop assuming that the problems are just going to go away generation after generation because that hasn't worked. <laughs> like how many generations has it been since 
we started dealing with race in America 401 years ago. So it's ever just going to go away. Like every generation is like, oh, like our generation is going to be different. Our generation is going to do this. Our generation is going to do that. But we're still having those conversations. Our grandparents thought that. Our parents thought that. We think that. Our gen- we're starting to have new generations after us. And unless we actually deal with the trauma that is race in America or any other injustice in the world, it's going to continue to be passed on. And there's so much evidence out there. If you want to look into this more, you can, um, you can do your own research on transgenerational trauma. But like, the research really started after the Holocaust. Um, and people that were not even born during the Holocaust having DNA markers of stress and trauma that were literally passed down to them by the survivors of one of the world's worst of like absolutely most disgusting homicidal events that's ever happened in the world. Yeah. I'm not, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so what that's what you did learning class. This week. I don't know. Nothing, nothing from Caitlin on this one, but I'm gonna well, let no, you. I mean, I agree. I mean, yeah, no, no, nothing, nothing to add from Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, no. Caitlin's just like uh she's just a, a book on the on the shelf sitting there. <laughs> yes. No, I, I think that's so true. I mean, like I think even with with me and like the way I worry, like my parents, I would say my mom's like a little anxious. My dad's super chill for the most part, but like my grandparents are worriers. And like to this point, like I literally think that some of my like worrying comes from them and it's I mean I not that I didn't see them but like we never lived close so I, it's not like I saw them every single weekend so like because I've always been like well, why am I this way because my sister is like cool as a cucumber like I take everything to the next level and I think that this is definitely potentially part of it it's just like that's just there are some there's something in our like families that like this is just mm-hmm. Just how it's gonna be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless we work actively to make it different. Yes. Um, yes. And that's about it. We're about to close this one up, but you know we got to end with our call to action. Mm-hmm. And this week we obviously talked a lot about mental health, self care. We're giving you some homework to complete your own eight components of wellness assessment. Uh, Jordan, what the hell is that? Caitlin, can you tell us? Anything yes. about the eight components of wellness? Yes. So wellness, I, I think I, I said it like at the beginning, like it's literally a buzzword now. Like you see it slapped on everything. Like it's sometimes very hard to define what wellness is. And, and that should also be something that you think about for yourself. Like what does being well look like? But we want to give you a framework to at least start to think about that. Uh, your wellness is not one single component. Like I worked out today. Like that doesn't, that's great. We love that. Exercise is amazing, but that doesn't make you a well and healthy person if you're not doing these other things. So the first one is emotional health. So like emotional wellness, excuse me. So coping effectively with life and creating satisfying relationships, take an inventory on each of these items. Are you doing this? What's serving you? What's not? Where do you want to be? Financial, satisfaction with current and future financial solutions and situations, situations, not solutions, but I like solutions. Um, Social, developing a sense of connection, belonging, 
and well-developed support system. Do you have one of those? What does that look like? And for me and Jordan, this looks very different. I'm sure for you too, like looks very different now during Corona times mm -hmm. than it did before. Like Zoom calls are a big thing now. Like that's just has to be how it is. Um, spiritual, expanding our sense of purpose and meaning in life. This doesn't necessarily need to be any specific code or credence that, well, I'm Catholic or I'm Baptist or I'm Buddhist or uh, Jew, you know, like that doesn't, that's not necessarily what this means. It's just Purposeful. where do you say the world? Yeah. Like what is your, what is your 4am? Like, why are you getting up every day? Um, occupational. So personal satisfaction and enrichment derived from one's work. We all have jobs that are nine to five. Where's your career? Where's your passion? Are you serving those things? Physical, recognizing the need for physical activity, diet, sleep, and nutrition. Like I said, we love good exercise, but if you're just doing that or drinking a gallon of water every day, you're not serving your, your whole wellness. Um, intellectual, recognizing creative abilities and finding ways to expand knowledge and skills. So I do something creative. Like you don't have to be good at it, but just try doodle, color, do like the color, the adult coloring books. Like that's so stress relieving. It doesn't have to be anything for Jordan. I think it's probably like podcasting. Like mm -hmm. you mentioned that, that really helps you. That doesn't have to look like the same thing. It can be reading a book. Like I'm going back to school, what, whatever that looks like for you. Um, and the last one is environmental. So good health by occupying pleasant, simulating environments that support well-being. So like, for me, love the place that you're in. Like I literally have a plant and a record player behind me because I love listening to music. Um, and like plants just, I'm not great at, I'm better at keeping them alive now, but, and like, you can see back here, like I have photos of all my friends. These are all places I've traveled. I've got a bunch of things in my like room that are super important to me. So like, if I'm having a bad day, like Literally, I have a Dwight bobblehead at my desk. Um, I have filled a space that is very me that like brings me joy. It, I'm not the best at keeping it clean and tidy. Like there's typically clothes everywhere, but I'm like shockingly better living in my new space. Um, it's so small. I have to be, but like I come back and like, I like where I'm at. Like it gives me a sense of calm. And if you don't have that or you can't find that, like there's a lot to be said about finding a way to create a home and a place of permanence and safety for you. And that could be a picture of a doll, like, you know, that could be whatever you want and whatever brings you joy. But I think that's super important and often top reflected. Um, so the takeaway, so Caitlin just went and broke down what the eight components of wellness are step-by-step step, each category. We want you to do the same type of things. We want you to take this holistic approach and we'll have this posted on our Instagram, um, the actual, um, the actual image. So it has, you know, what each component is, the definition of each component, how they relate to each other. And we want you to go through and do a self-assessment. This is part of your self-care plan as prescribed by the talk to talk non medical professionals. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so go do this, um, spend some time and you don't have to share it with us. You don't have to share it with anyone. Just do this for yourself. 
because this episode this week is all about self-care and this crazy, jacked up, confusing, emotional, and, you know, it's a lot going on in this world. So that's your homework for this week. Your call to action is to complete your own eight component of wellness assessment. Um, Remember that self-care is something we all have to do. It's our responsibility to ourselves before we can take care of anyone else. Um, And let's break down that mental health stigma. Go through with your own self-care plan, starting with your eight components of wellness. Kay, anything else from you today? Um, I would just end with, so this is like, um, I used to go to a meditation class in Philly and I have yet to find anything like as amazing. Um, but at the end of every single class, she ended with this mantra, which I like love, which is may I be safe. May I be happy. May I live my life with ease. And like, uh, for me, that just like really helps like center me, bring me back when I'm doing one of my fun little downward spirals. So to each of our listeners, I hope that you are safe. I hope that you are happy. And I hope that you live your life with ease this week. And forward. Love that. All right. And in closing, please continue to do your part. Talk the talk. If you want to contact Caitlin or I, you can get us on talk the talk podcast on Instagram. Uh, Talk the talk, the show at gmail.com is our email. Um, You can get us in our DMS, our personal DMS. If, if you wish to do that, but Talk to us. Let us know what you want to hear about next on the show, what questions you have. I would love to maybe do like a mailbag eventually with people just sending in. We just yes. our questions. Um, so get those questions into us. Rate and review wherever you're listening. Um, and again, thank you to all of our listeners. You guys are awesome. This Talk to Talk community is growing every single day, every single week. And we are becoming the change we want to see in the world. So do your part and talk to talk. Peace. Bye.